Hello, hello and welcome. It's Mark and we are back again with another Trucking Answers, the trucking podcast that other trucking podcasts listen to to see what they should say on their podcast. So I'm here with my co-host Gracie. She's orange and she's looking at the birds and it's so hot. I also have water out for the birds too and probably the squirrel that's eating all my bird seed. So um, <laughs> regardless of that, we have bird seed out and water now for uh, everybody out there not that anyone cares other than the birds likely so today we're gonna have some trucking news some automotive news and yet another reason why we are not on mars you know why we don't live on mars because there's a bunch of dumb idiot stupid people on this planet that are wasting our taxpayer dollars or in any other way are idiots and morons and they're wasting all of our time and resources dealing with them and we can't get to the beautiful flat red planet so we will talk about that a little later in the show and i bounce around in this podcast so people that listen to it it's not like a you know highly produced kind of program here or whatever you know i'm a truck driver like everybody else uh or a lot of people that listen to this so um we got our start there on youtube and you can go check out trucking answers on youtube there hasn't been a lot of activity on there we did a live show here recently and we're going to try and get back to doing some of those we do some videos, talk about trucking, and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to wrap a few things up from the recent live show, which I like to do in the whichever podcast follows that. Number one, many people were asking about Swift and said, hey, is there going to be a big layoff at Swift? There's like a 600-person layoff. Apparently, I don't know where this came from. People have heard about this somehow. So I did some digging, did some research, had my crack research staff look into it, mainly Gracie, and I can't find anything. So... Um, as far as I can see, no, there's no layoffs at Swift. Certainly no driver layoffs. Any office people, if there is, they're certainly not reporting it. It would be, you know, a few people here and there, but it's not made the news anywhere. It's not written anywhere in legal papers. It's not in any archives. It isn't dug up from the ground or anything. So I don't know where that rumor is coming, but I, I can't find out anything about it. So as far as I can see, no. Now, if somebody has some information about it, I'd love to hear about it. But I don't see that. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it anywhere around. So uh, what I can see about it is no. Now, a couple of things that were in the news recently uh, for trucking here is the uh, couple of things like South Korean truckers are on strike. Okay, and this goes right along with this, uh, this other program here that I'm looking at right here where the ports on the West Coast, West Coast, are going to start opening they're going to try to get them open at six okay currently the current time to open let's put it this way is eight eight a.m and there's lawmakers out there that are horrified by that oh eight o'clock oh well, it's bankers hours well my bank doesn't open eight o'clock okay but um right now they can do what's called a flex and that's seven a.m they can force people to come in an hour early they're going to do what they call a double flex and uh, that's like double flex tape but double flex meaning they'll have people come in at six o'clock to open up and they said this will better suit, uh, you know, all the deliveries or whatever. Okay. Now, how are these two related? Well, listen. The trucker strike and the port workers is the same kind of thing. Now, I don't know about unions in Korea, but that trucker strike is really causing problems. Hyundai's already come out and said they have problems. Samsung, number of, and probably many, many smaller companies because drivers are not driving. And the reason the port workers don't come in early is because they don't have to. Why? union okay and you can say what you want about unions and i'm not in a union 
In fact, I've never worked in a union job other than maybe two days at Roadway many years ago, and I'm not there now because I'm an idiot. Okay, so, but you can say what you want about that. The thing is, the port workers don't have to come in. Unions aren't all about pay. A lot of it is working conditions. If you have a good union leader at your shop, and I know people have written to me and say, hey, Mark, I was in a union job and they didn't do anything for us. That's because the person you have running the place is no good. You know, why do you elect that person? It's general election. <clears throat> elect somebody that's going to represent your views and values to the company, not somebody who's all in bed with them. A friend of mine is in the union, needs a steel worker, even though he works at a paper plant. And for instance, he has an eight-hour shift that they give him. Okay, so here's your shift, you know, 12 to 8 or whatever. So if the next person doesn't come in because it's a 24-hour place, they can't make him double his shift. They can only make him stay four hours. They can ask him to double, but they can only make him stay four hours. Why? Because in the contract, it's a working condition. Right, isn't about pay, and that, but it, now it's about pay because the four hours they make him stay is time and a half. Okay, regardless of how many hours you have, he gets time and a half, so he gets six hours of pay for staying four hours. These are the kind of things that a union would help you out with, not just higher pay. Although higher pay is usually a product of this, the port workers on the West Coast don't. You know why they don't come in at six? Because they don't have to come in at 6. And nobody can make them come in at 6. Because the two places, the employer and the employees agree on a framework of how things are going to work at the place of business. This is what I tell people many times and they'll write to me with some kind of issue. I'm like, well, join a union. Oh, well, I don't, I don't like unions. That's, uh, I don't, that's not going to do me any good. Well, when you're sitting around somewhere not being paid, all right, that would be better. That would be better being paid. It's hard for me to believe that any union, any union, would allow their drivers to sit for hours or days somewhere at work without being paid. I certainly wouldn't. If I was your union rep, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen. That's who you need at your place. So since people won't do that, though, your other option then is to quit. Okay, that's it. That's all there is. You can either come together and make the company do what you want or you have to leave and go somewhere else that is more to your liking. Those are really the only options when people write to me with some kind of issue that they can't tolerate anymore. Mark, I, I, which I get, Mark, I need to be home all the time or I need to be home, you know, I'm out three weeks and I can't be out that long and they won't get me home sooner. Well, I mean, I don't know what to say. What, what do I say to that? All right, start a union where you don't have to be home every weekend, right? Or or go work somewhere else because those are really your only options. If you tell the place, look, whatever the situation is, this is just an example of letters that I get, you know, here's the thing. I can't do what you're asking me to do. I want to do it this way. I want it that way, like the song goes, right? Should I sing it? No? Okay. <laughs> okay, but... You go, look, this is what I need from you. You're talking to your company. And they go, well, we can't provide that to you right now. Well, that's it. I mean, th that's pretty much it. What can you do? You can leave. Certainly, there's uh, jobs are uh, plentiful, like a horn of plenty right now for truck drivers. Go, go work somewhere else. I mean, I see tons of jobs. The highest paid local job I've seen in Indianapolis is $42.20 an hour. All right, 42.20. Now, it does say heavy touch. 
So you're unloading the trailer and it didn't say what it was, but it was 4220 plus OT past 40. Okay, 4220. Got those numbers? 50 hours there is $2,321. And 60 hours is $2,954 a week. All right, and that's in Indianapolis. That isn't in some, uh, you know, gigantic city. It's the biggest city in Indiana, but certainly not the biggest city in the country. And there are jobs like this around. So if this stuff being advertised, probably because of the heavy touch is why they need people. People don't want to do it. I agree. I don't want to do it either. And plus, it's 60-some miles for me each way. And the problem wouldn't really be gas money anymore. The problem would be uh, just the commute. You know, two hours a day of just commuting after unloading a trailer wouldn't be that much fun. And now, oh, by the way, I'm starting to see now places throw gas money into the mix. That's right. I have saw a few ads. One, $25 a day uh, will be added to your check for gas money. It says, so you get your pay plus 25 a day. Not bad because I figured out this was in Indianapolis also. And I thought, you know what? How much would it cost me to round trip? It was a six-day week there. In the Sonic, it'd be $107 a week. All right. But I would get $150, in gas money. So it actually would cover the gas to go down there. Interesting. People that lived closer would do better on this. You'd actually make some money on the gas. On the gas. But I'm seeing this for basically local jobs because you're coming in every day. Well, they're paying... A, a bump, basically a fuel surcharge to employees to get them to come in. That's how much they need people. So if you are at a position that is non-union and they're doing something that you can't do or don't want to do either with time or I don't want to unload my trailer or I need to be home, whatever it is, I don't like the truck. It doesn't matter what it is. Go somewhere else. There are plenty of places that would love to have you they would love to have you so just pick up the phone and make that call okay and and make a change in your life because that's the only way to do it if you're unwilling to get or start a union or go to a union company their only way to do it is to change what you're doing so i saw this picture the other day and i thought wow these people don't understand anything there's a picture of a burned up truck where the semi, it's a day cab, has burned up and it was hauling a trailer of nitrogen, okay? And the trailer actually didn't, it burned up in the front of it because they said that the brakes had overheated on the tractor and it started to fire. The tractor was basically incinerated and the front of the trailer was all scarred up and they were saying, wow, this could have been so much worse had it penetrated the trailer, I like that, penetrated, and uh, <laughs> and released all that nitrogen, <laughs> right? And, I'm, and I thought, did I read this right? It turns out I did read it right. Do we understand anything about nitrogen? Do you know one thing about nitrogen? It's not flammable, <laughs> right? Uh it's the most abundant element in the atmosphere. It's like 78% or so of nitrogen here on our Class M planet. And if you were to release a bunch of nitrogen, what would happen? Would it explode? Um, no, not really. Uh, if you're in the area, I guess, like right there and there's nitrogen, it would displace the oxygen and that could be a problem. But other than that, it immediately goes up in the atmosphere because it's uh, lighter than air, so that's done. 
So that's it. It just goes back where we actually got it from. That's how you get it. So that's it. That wouldn't have been a huge problem. Nitrogen, fire, other than the trailer is damaged and you lose all your nitrogen, is about it. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Nitrogen's inert, right? So uh, we don't have any problems with that. It's just uh, no problem. <laughs> so we release nitrogen. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. It's not like we have a trailer of oxygen. That would have been a bigger problem. But we just put it back up in the planet's uh, atmosphere and then just have to go re-grab it for somebody else's trailer. I thought that was pretty good. Pretty interesting that where it could have been a bigger problem, what would be the problem? So I've thought about this and the more, you know, over the years I've recommended companies to people and it's just really hard to do anymore because every time uh, or a lot of times that I'll recommend a place, people go there and then in the next few months I'll get letters which i just got from another place from people mark here's this place you talk about this place and so then they'll send me pictures like this person sent me like pictures of all this paperwork that they have to fill out it turns out the place is uh not what it seems it's like an onion you know so i put it you know not the onion but it's like an onion where you peel it looks good but then you peel it back and inside it's all rotten okay inside what's really in there brussels sprout right that isn't any good who wants that no one no one Right? After we send people to Mars, we can send rockets to the sun full of Brussels sprouts and get rid of all of them. I'm with George H.W. Bush on that. But uh, it's very hard to recommend places because of all this. And some of these questions, you don't even know to ask or even think about. You know, you can't ask them 500 questions. Hey, do you have any hidden paperwork that I'm going to have to fill out when I get there? I mean, that might be a question you want to ask places. Is there paperwork that I'm going to fill out that is secret, that you won't talk about, that you don't tell anybody about, that you don't say anything about until people show up and you present it to them at the last minute after they've gone through orientation? Oh, by the way, fill this stupid paperwork out because, you know, here's 10 more different things that we don't talk about. And so we find this out about even about places that are halfway decent. And you're like, oh, other than this. And so then you, know, you got to fill this stupid thing out, right, and sign it, which, uh, you know, you have to agree to give up, you know, your firstborn kid and, uh, you know, their first child to them. Other than that, it's a great place. So this is a problem. So I'm really hesitant anymore to really recommend a lot of places because, almost every place we find out there's some goofy thing oh okay they have an escrow or well they didn't say that or or they have oh, okay there's this other paperwork where i really am over here instead of over there it's just stupid it's just stupid these companies even good companies are their own problem be upfront with people i don't know what has to be like that you know working locally now for many years i haven't had this issue you just go to work and you come home. You don't have to fill out 80 million. No, you're responsible for this. And if this happens, you do this. And here, put down $500 for truck escrow and all. This is all stupid. It's all stupid. You don't do that at any other job. Running a forklift in a warehouse, you think you have to put an escrow down? Okay, selling cars. Okay, I'm driving around expensive cars, you know, just during the day or whatever. You don't have to put any escrow down for the place. It's called insurance, right? That Mitsubishi uh, GT 3000 GT VR4 I drove, that thing was 30-something thousand dollars then. That was a lot of money. I didn't have to put down $10 a week for 20 weeks or whatever to 
work there. There wasn't any of that stuff. These kind of dumb things, escrow is the worst one, but there's a lot of other things that these companies do in the background where people will send me, oh, Mark, look what they had me do this. And I had to do this, and I thought this was a good place. So, you know, I'm very hesitant now to say anything about road companies. I'll tell you, I can't barely find any decent road company that's up front with you right away. And the exact thing that they tell you is the exact thing. They won't tell you all this stuff. And I just don't get it. I don't know why companies think that's a good idea to do that with people and then spring it on them later. I guess because you're already there and you got no choice. You know, any place that has an escrow, I'm, I'm basically out. Where, where you have to pay other than like a pet fee, which I understand at places where they charge you a fee because you don't have to bring your pet. And the pet could do damage, be, which would not be normal wear and tear on the truck because you don't need your pet there. Even though I see everybody around town, as I say, dragging some dog around because, oh, I've got anxiety, so i got to drag a dog. My dog's a service dog that helps me. All pets help you with that. When the cat's purring there, you feel great. Your cat's sleeping, purring, you're doing belly rubbings. Come on, that's why we have pets, all right? Uh, but <laughs> but back to what I'm saying, right? That kind of thing, okay, because that's not normal. But Meaning that's not in the normal course of work. But when you're at work, okay, you get in, but their shoes are muddy or whatever. All right, you know, there shouldn't be this kind of... You know, TMC, I guess the worst of that word has to be kept in showroom condition, which is ridiculous. Uh, otherwise, you got to f- clean it for free on your own time. It's just all stupid. This, All these road things are just stupid. Just stupid. I sound like Beavis and Butthead. But it's just stupid. I didn't have to do that on the road. <laughs> in the 90s, there wasn't any of that. Here's a truck. Go get driving, right? There wasn't any of this. Here's an escrow. Companies had just found a way to make money and if you're a big place even if you pay the escrow back for everybody say you have i don't know five thousand drivers and you keep two what five it's usually five hundred dollars a piece right that's like five hundred million dollars because i went to public school and you get to earn the interest on that the whole time that you have it and then after the people quit you still get like 60 days to give it back to them and even if you give everybody's money back how much interest could you earn a year on keeping you know all these hundreds of billions of dollars in some bank account, some overseas bank account, a lot, you know, a lot. That'd be interesting what that actually is on their balance sheet, how much money they make if they split it out just on that. I don't think even public companies, I don't think have that on there. So I don't like any of that stuff. I just don't like it. You don't pay to go to work anywhere else. You shouldn't have to pay at a company and there shouldn't be secret hidden paperwork. Everything should be told to you up front. Everything, everything. And I, so I don't even know what questions to ask places because people send me the goofiest things from companies. Oh, Mark, they also said me sign this. And I'm like, what? What? You have to dress up for Halloween every year. What is, why do you have to do that? You know, it's just the dumbest things. The dumbest things. So I'm going to be very hesitant to even recommend a place to anybody anymore, to be honest with you. So I don't know what to say with that. Ask a million questions. And if they spring something on you, quit. Tell them you're going to send it to me. Send the picture and quit immediately because there's just no reason for it. Now, this was interesting to me. We talked about this on the live show, and it's not necessarily trucking related, but it does relate to life. And we talked about a post that a relative of mine put out there that said, oh, you know, 
And of course, she's a single mom, naturally, as everybody is today. And, oh, there's no village. Don't tell me that it takes a village to raise a child. I think that was Hillary that said that, right? One of the more brilliant things that she said. It takes a village because there's no village. It's every man for himself out there. You know, that's a bunch of crap. And here's why. Here's why. All right. Because, look, this is my podcast. I can talk about whatever I want. So I think this is important. This is important. Mark, this isn't trucking. It's important. There is a village. Okay. But younger parents generally don't want anything to do with it. And if she's supposed to that. Oh, I don't leave my kids with just anybody. Listen. Listen. There's a village for your kid. Okay. There is a village. You don't want anything to do with it. Now, this is going to go into what I always say. But when I was a kid. Right, and you could go playing outside. If you did something stupid down the street, around the block, whatever, and that person saw you, they'd come out and say something to you, and whack you if necessary, and drag you by your ear back to your parents' house, who would then whack you some more, apologize to them, make you apologize to them, and then smack you around and tell you, hey. Why are you embarrassing me in front of the neighbors? What are you doing? All right. Now, can you imagine now in society, if there was some kid doing something stupid in your front yard that's like seven, and you grab that kid by the ear and drag him down to his house and knock on the door and say, hey, your idiot stupid kid here was doing this dumb thing in front of my house. What would happen? You'd be arrested. That's why. There's no village. You young parents ruined it. I didn't think I was being abused by anybody. And you know what? The thought that any adult could keep you in line keeps you in line. All right? During that time. And yeah, when we were seven, you could go play wherever you wanted. I remember riding my big wheel all over town. Right up and down the streets, crossing streets and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. When I wasn't buying my grandmother's cigarettes at that age, which is true, uh, you know, I would grab my big wheel and go riding around or whatever. You know, I had a pogo stick, but you can't really get any much distance on that. I had a skateboard, too. I had a skateboard for a while. That's not a good means of transportation, though, because of the, if you have an irregular sidewalk because of trees on it, that's a problem. So big wheel was, was my main mode of transportation. But if the neighbors, uh, you know, saw you, you were in trouble. You got a problem. And then your parents, they didn't yell at the neighbor. They thanked the neighbor. Oh, thank you for bringing back my moronic kid here. I'll go beat him in the back room here for a minute. And the neighbor's like, okay, see you later. And they left. And so, and that's how it was. That village did, there. that village was there for you. But that also kept your kid out of problems. Nobody, you know, and of course, there always been creepy weirdos. People are always, oh, well, somebody, my kid's going to get abducted. That doesn't really happen near as much as your kid being, uh, you know, misused and abused by family members. That's almost always who does it. Of all the abductions, I was looking this crime statistic up. 8% of them are by somebody that you don't know. 92% of the time that a kid is abused or abducted, it's by family member. Okay, so the problem is you're giving the kid to the wrong people. You're actually better off giving the kid to just a random stranger than that weird family member that you know is weird. You know them. They're weird. They stare a little bit too much or do a bunch of inappropriate, but no, because they're family. 
That, you know, because somebody's family, that is garbage. That's total garbage. I never thought that because you're related. That doesn't mean anything at all. Each person, I think, in society around you should be individually evaluated. It doesn't matter that they're family. I have family members I haven't talked to in decades, and I'll never see again because they're just not somebody that I want in my life. It doesn't matter that they're family. Family doesn't matter. Let me tell you that right now. What matters is how people are. I'd much rather have a bunch of friends that are great than family members that are horrible <clears throat> just because they're family. Blood doesn't make any difference to me. Okay, If you're a good person, I'm with it. I'm in, I'm in for it. But this village thing, it just bothered me so much that people, you know, young parents, right, write this kind of stupid garbage like it's some kind of thing like oh if there's no family from you know if no village from me or whatever you're you're an idiot you don't want the village you don't want the village anybody says even a cross word to your kid and you're down there at this oh like the school too right we got paddled at school there is a paddle there with holes in it at the school okay and hung on the wall like like hey you know what this could meet your butt at any moment if you get out of line there wasn't like now where you have to go Let's talk, you know, let's talk about what you need and all your needs now, right? And then the parents are down at the school immediately. Today, if you even threatened a kid with anything, even like detention for half an hour, the parents are like, oh my gosh, my little Brexel, uh, you know, whatever st other stupid idiotic name they give their kids now, is uh, could never have done such a thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That, that wouldn't happen, right? No way, right? I was good at school, believe me, because I knew the problems that there'd be if they got some kind of note. My parents got a note or a call from the school. Oh, my God. I would just beg the school to kill me because it would have been better for me, right? I'll do whatever, you know. So so that kept you in line. Now, now, it's just ridiculous, kids do dumb things and so sometimes they got to get a consequence for it and this is what what we're seeing in society now is that they don't parents just stick up for them no matter what without even thinking and that's just not should not be the case the village is there for you you don't want it you don't want it the villages was always there including the village people they're even there for you okay and you don't want them either and that that's where the problem came in that kind of dumb stuff, it just really bothers me. And we did have a discussion about it on the live show. And so I want to wrap it up here. But believe me, if I see your kid, uh, you know, I got to leave the kid alone because, hey, you're going to call the cops. So eventually I might have to, you know, who knows what happens with that kid in their life. They need more of that discipline when they're younger so that they can become a disciplined adult when they are older. So more back to trucking. I saw this, this thing, Garmin. Okay, does anybody have a Garmin, uh, Desi, or whatever those things are in the truck? Okay, GPS. I, there's a 10-inch one, by the way. That's what she said. And it, and they have a backup camera. We've talked about this on the show before, and I've always thought this. Weren't there backup cameras on semis? All right? They are selling a backup camera now, and this maybe it's been out. I just saw an ad for it, and I thought, oh, this is brilliant. Why, why haven't we had these things uh, going on already in our lives? Well, it's a BC50 night vision, I think it's called. And this is not sponsored or anything, okay? So believe me, the Garmin's not paying me anything. I wish. I wish they they haven't sent me one. They're not paying me. I just thought it's a great idea. This thing, the, the one with night vision has a bracket mount 
besides like a little one that goes over your license plate, it's got a bracket mount and it says it has long distance uh, wireless communication to the device. And so I thought, brilliant, brilliant. Now, if anybody's using one of these, I want to hear about it. Does it work that far? That's number one, because it's behind a metal trailer generally. I thought you could mount it on the uh, ICC bumper, okay? Mount it down there. It needs a switch uh, signal, though. And so it says, you know, oh, we'll hook it up to your reverse lights. Well, we don't have reverse lights on trucks. But, but, here's my idea. All you do, you give it power from the... Uh, from one of the running lights okay so mount it right up by the lights run a wire over to it you run a switch in that wire there are bluetooth switches you can get probably at radio shack but i've seen them online so you can get a bluetooth switch you don't have to get out or you could get a switch you actually have to throw the switch for backing into a truck stop or whatever It'd be easier if you didn't so you could hit a button in the truck which would uh you know open or close that switch then you'd give this camera power as soon as you power this camera you, the display comes on the uh, the tablet, the Desi thing in your truck, and you'd be able to see backing up much better. You know, they put backup cameras on a Chevy Spark, all right, and a Mini, some of the smallest cars sold in the United States by law, but yet semis don't have this. Well, this thing, I think it was two ninety nine, by the way, 300 bucks. so not cheap, besides that you need the tablet thing, the Desi thing besides, to go with it, so you're probably going to have five for $600. But if anybody's running one of these, I'd love to know, does it work? Can you see it? Uh, you know, does it go far enough? Do you get a clear signal? And how did you run the switch? You couldn't really run it with the lights to be on or off because at night you'd have the display would be on all the time. So you don't need that. That isn't necessary. You're going to have to run some kind of, you know, switched thing. And I think this Bluetooth switch is a good way to do it. You could actually turn it on when you're driving then with a button that you uh you know you have like a little key fob thing where you'd click it and it would change the switch and that's all you're trying to do is give this thing power that's not a bad way to do it so i'd love to hear from somebody that's using this thing does it work what do you think about it stuff like that and garmin uh you can always send me one for free and pay me to talk about it even though i'm talking about it for free so i'd appreciate that as well thanks a lot garmin so let me ask you what do you think about a digital license plate on your vehicle or a tag depending on what state you live in I guess digital license plates have you seen this kind of thing so what you do you take your license plate off you you buy this digital license plate and you have to register with the company and everything that makes it it's only available in three states but ten more states are coming and I do assume that eventually most states will allow this it's like a display where your plate is on the back of your car and it's connected to the internet, of course, like everything else, like your washing machine and everything else now. And it displays your plate on a screen. Rather than you having a plate, it displays the plate on a screen electronically. And of course, my thought is, if this thing stops working, you don't have a plate. Okay, that's one. And it can do things like, uh, I should talk into the microphone, it'd probably be better hello okay so uh, <laughs> it can do things like reverse the plate like have a dark mode for night so it's easier to read it can display amber alerts right <laughs> and interesting so i guess it goes between your plate and an amber alert although i know it's not that big of a screen to put an amber alert out there maybe it scrolls across and it can and they said it's easier to renew than your license plate well i will tell you in indiana here where i live 
the license plate renewal is super simple. You go online to the BMV and just click renew, pay them, and they mail you a sticker or a plate. This time I got a plate. Every few years you get a new plate or whatever, and that was it. So I guess I would have to go. I have to take the sticker and then walk all the way to the car, put it on there. Oh, my gosh, the horror of that once a year. But uh, this thing, you don't have to do that. It says that when your plate expires, it will just show invalid on the plate. Well, that isn't any fun. How can you go over your date then? Because I don't pay this date for the new plate until the day it expires. I go pay it on the expiration date. And then you can you get your sticker. I guess there it would work the same way. As soon as you pay them, it should continue to display the plate. So... I don't know about that. The other thing, here's the big thing. It's $19.95 to $24.95 a month, depending on which model you get. One has a battery in it, and the battery lasts around five years. The other one is has to be professionally installed. I guess you could do it yourself. And it's hardwired to the car. Now, I don't know how it would get power all the time. Maybe it has a rechargeable battery because you um, there's not power back there all the time. The lights and stuff are off if you don't have your headlights on. So, I don't know. would have to tap into somewhere that's got power all the time coming back there. And I don't think there is anything back there that gets power all the time. Maybe a cigarette lighter plug or something back there. I don't know how that would work. But either way, because everything back there is a switched thing. Your wiper doesn't work all the time and all that stuff. Are you going to pay your plate fee plus get this thing installed, which who knows what that will cost, plus twenty four ninety five a month? So that you can have a digital license plate. And you can't have your own saying on it. They said states so far have said that's illegal. That'd be interesting if you could run your own saying on there. Like, uh, you know, um, shop at Safeway or whatever. What, maybe you could get like commission. Something like that. Maybe they're working on that kind of thing. And they actually said there'll be substantial revenue sharing with dealerships that sell these plates. That's where the money is, of course. I don't get the point of it. It is not if when you have a plate on your car, which we've had for hundreds of, you know, 175 years or however long cars have been around, um, uh, the plate doesn't need a battery. It's just, it's just on there. You put it on and it's just on there. It doesn't go bad or whatever. And that's the real problem. I'm concerned about this thing won't work. You could have a small accident, a relatively small accident, and somebody damages it and now you don't have a plate. So now what are you supposed to do? A parking lot accident and the problem is you damage that thing now you got to go get another one where otherwise you could just drive around for a while use a hair dryer to pop your car back into shape or whatever i just don't like the idea of it i'm not a fan of it would you get a would you get a plate that you have to pay 19 to 24 dollars a month extra besides the plate i mean the plate cost is already enough money the first year in the escape was 404 dollars so plus i'm going to pay 20 <laughs> Well, what, 20 be 200 uh, you know, th almost $300 extra a year for that? So I'm going to run $700 for the license plate on a Ford Escape? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's not available here yet in Indiana, but I do assume that it will be. And I don't know what places do with front plates. I guess you just run a regular front plate uh, in your goofy states and this weird plate in the back. I don't know how that'll work either. So BMW is working on a battery for their electric small suv that has a 600 mile range all right and i think that places are working the wrong way for this 600 mile range that's not the problem is it most vehicles that people are driving today do not have a 600 mile range on it that isn't the problem 
the thing is you can have a three or four hundred mile range car because you know there's gas everywhere so that isn't going to be a problem like my sonic only has a 12 gallon gas tank on it so the potential range is in the low 400 miles on the highway at 37 miles to the gallon but is that a problem no that is not a problem because by then you're going to stop to uh to hit the can anyways right and uh, to put it delicately but you'll also be able to get what gas because it's all over and what i'm going to be able to put 400 miles of range in the car in three minutes at the uh, pump and go while i'm in there getting a slurpee or whatever else i'm doing slurpee is copyright uh you know 7-eleven so a frozen delicious frozen drink because there's gas everywhere that's the the problem is not the range if you had a three in the three to four hundred mile range i think is satisfactory plenty for most people even really maybe a little less than that for an electric car the problem is filling it back up probably 300 is going to be breaking point but filling it up look a chevy spark is a nine gallon gas tank uh, but do people think anything about that? No. You know, it has a range in the 300s, in the low 300s. No, because you could get gas all over the place. So that isn't any problem. The problem is they got to put places in that have power and that it's working. Oh, they just did a study in the San Francisco Bay Area of electric charging because there are a lot of electric cars there because of the weather. Guess what? They went to a bunch of charging stations. 25% of them didn't work. Ha! <laughs> fully one in four were not working they couldn't get cars to charge there's another problem and so when they call the company they can't get it set up or whatever they couldn't charge at a fourth of the stations imagine if a fourth of the gas pumps didn't work one out of every four times you went to get gas they, it didn't work they the stations would have a heart attack i cannot remember the last time i pulled up to a pump and it didn't work and it hadn't didn't have one of those yellow things on it for the car you know where i was trying to get gas so that has not been a real problem but getting these electric charging places to uh, to work and fill up your car that's what they need to work on that's where we need to go to get this uh, electric thing set up and it doesn't matter that it's a 600 mile range plus plus consider this the bigger the battery the longer it takes to recharge it so you have to think about that also there's not a bunch of you know high super high speed chargers around you're going to get, you know, 70 or 100 kilowatt charging. You're looking at an hour to fill that car up, probably. Probably. You know, an hour or more. If you went low in it, you know, you'd run 500 and some miles on this thing. You're looking at an hour or maybe more at a charger to uh, to fill it up. That's not great. That's not great. Maybe longer than that, depending on where you are. If it's like a public charging, an EV go kind of thing, rather than a bmw dedicated charger which i don't even know if they have any maybe at dealers they do that's it maybe i'll check that out this weekend but the range isn't the problem the refilling it stations that work and a bunch of refilling that is the problem 300 miles in the 300s would be fine if you could fill the dumb thing back up now though we don't take our electric car but we do take some old beat-up jalopy and head to the carolinas where there's a dude in his cinder block basement apartment all by himself sitting near a broken down card table watching his favorite Sally Jesse Raphael show on TV. And as he looks at her wonderful spectacles, he thinks, you know what I need? I need to get a cell phone. Because unfortunately, our star today doesn't have a phone. It's hard to believe he couldn't find a woman to give him a phone 
which I see all the time, women. Okay, oh, I'll just give you a phone in my name. Don't ever do that as a side note. If a dude comes to talk and doesn't have a phone, dismiss him immediately. Okay, if he can't afford his own phone. But here's the thing. He says, you know what? I'm going to go down to the phone store and I'm going to go get me a phone. You know why he can do this during the day? Because he doesn't have a job. (laughs) So, but that doesn't deter him. Our hero is undeterred. And so he goes out. He puts on his white, dirty tank top and slips into some flip-flops and heads out to the store. So he's down there at the store looking around. Looking around, people notice a pungency is in the air. (laughs) He's creepily looking at phones. And so he says to himself, hey, self, I think this is the phone for me. Now, it doesn't say which phone it is. So he grabs the phone and starts legging it to the door. But he doesn't know what we know, which is the phones that are on display are connected to the store by a cable made of ultimatum and cannot be broken by simple human strength. So as he takes a couple of steps, this cable reaches the end of its line and it holds. And so he is immediately jerked off of his feet uh, (laughs) and falls to the ground, hitting his head, knocking himself out. At that point, I can assume that he let the phone go, at which case it retracted back to where it was for the next curious shopper to look at. So as he's laying there, I assume the stunned people call the police on their cell phones, which all work and are turned on and are in their own name, hopefully. The police show up (laughs) with an ambulance and uh, fix him up take him to the hospital, check him out, he's okay, and arrest him. And what do you know? Here's the big surprise I'm always surprised about. He has a long criminal history. Can you imagine that? I'm so surprised. You think this would be his first offense, but no. But no. He has a long criminal history. The problem is they said they didn't actually steal a phone. So he's only charged with stealing a prop phone which has a low value, you know, of enough where it's only a misdemeanor. And I think that's ridiculous. She should get charged with stealing a phone, even though it wasn't a phone, because he thought it was a phone. He thought he was stealing a phone. That should be good enough for me. That's good enough for me. And, and as I always say, if you have a long criminal history, why are you out? I don't care if you're stealing phones or, you know, shooting people. It doesn't matter. A few crimes and you stay in. You haven't learned your lesson. What are you doing out here? The rest of us have stuff to do. This costs all of us money. We can't get to Mars because of it. Now we got to feed this guy probably for just a few days. Since it's a misdemeanor, it'll only be a short sentence, if anything. He'll see the judge and get out. Uh, probably, uh, depending on the state, they'll ROR him and reduce the charges because it might hurt his feelings. Okay? some Like some states do. Oh, well, if we hurt his feelings, then what? He won't be a member of society. A uh, good member. He's already not a good member of society. I love that the phone knocked him out. And you know what will probably happen is he'll sue the store. 
no. Well, you shouldn't do that. And so that's probably what will happen. You know, so this story doesn't have a great ending as it could. But I love the fact that the phone basically fought back. Even the phone's sick of being stolen. <laughs> it's like, this ain't happening, uh, Billy, Jim, Joe, Bob, or whatever his name is. Uh, you know, this is not going to happen. And uh, there was no, uh, there was nothing in the article about how many teeth he had still left in his head. Assume it's less than the uh, actual number of teeth that are in your head, which I think uh, going to public school is 51. So uh, if I remember right from school, so that is the actual number. He probably had less than that. So there you go. So uh, thanks to uh, him for that. But this is why we can't go to Mars, okay? Because we got to deal with people like this that just cannot go and provide for themselves. So they got to go steal from everybody else. You know, that's why my phone just, you know, phones are $1,000 because I got this goofball stealing half of them. And so everything's got to be super expensive. Besides, I can't get to Mars, you know, where there's no service still because they don't have a cell phone tower because we're not on Mars yet. And it's a real problem. I hope this guy enjoys his dry cheese sandwich in uh, Carolina jail where he probably sat for at least a couple of days. He probably knows everybody. Hey, it's like cheers for him going in there. Hey, Billy Jim Joe Bob's back. All right. You know, it's like cheers. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And personally, I'm sick of it. Uh, right? And so that's where we're going to wrap it up here today for the Trucking Answers podcast. Thanks to Gracie for coming out and helping. She's sitting here looking at me. Probably time for second breakfast because she had breakfast and then first nap. Now it's time for second breakfast and then more nap times So uh, and more belly rubbing. So we'll get to that in a moment. We'll be back with more videos and more podcasts. So thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one.